when there is um, like a breakup, that there is this bombardment of people that are reaching out because they love the drama, they love the trauma because it's the only way they know how to connect. And you'll even see it on social media. I pay attention to conversation as opposed to content. While content's really important, I'm always paying attention to the conversation that's happening below the content simply because this is giving me a great indication of the psychology of the consumer. Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson. Each week, I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. Okay, so today's guest is a high-performance specialist and business strategist who specializes in coaching coaches, business owners, and entrepreneurs in creating six- and seven-figure businesses. After running multiple businesses herself and then getting a taste of what it was like to help someone else with theirs, she put all her effort and passion into helping other people level up in their own business. She's now helped thousands of other people from all across the globe to unlock their potential and create the life and income they desire through her vast life experience and her ability to conquer and create change. So please help me welcome the one and only Miss Krista Thier. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. (laughs) I'm so pumped. I'm so glad we make this work. And like I was just saying to you before, like, um, you know, ever since I kind of like come across you on social media and I was just like, man, you, like if I was just to put one word on you, it's just value. <laughs> like oh, you, you just, you just you. give so much. And, um, I, I just think it's so rare to see as well, like, especially in this space of business or coaching and things like that, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. wanting to kind of give value. You have some people who give a little bit because they don't really have much to give in their courses or whatever. And then you see the amount that you just pour out and you just like, I can just see you actually have a passion for helping people, which is just, I love that so much. So I really do. I love helping people. And you know, what lights me up the most is just watching people grow and evolve to the person that they were born to be. I love it. You and me both. It like just fires me up, man. It's like, like sometimes I like sit awake at night, just, just wondering. It's like, why, why don't people just do more? <laughs> you know, it's like, why don't people just go for it? And, um, you know, and that's the whole point of this podcast to be able to inspire people then help people just get tooled up and you know, have the attitude and the tools or what it takes to do it. So, but Krista, I would love to hear your whole story. Uh, we, we, I just asked you a little bit before we started and I'm like, whoa, like let's just record. I want to, this already sounds like it's going to be incredible. So how did, how did the whole life of business and coaching and everything all start from you? Oh, okay. Do you want the short version or the long version? Let's get a long one and let's see where it goes. Okay, awesome. Um, all right, so I, I was uh, I, I was brought up in a really entrepreneurial family. You know, my my mum and dad had nine bigger businesses. They had 120 staff. Um, so I was brought up in an environment that was just so inspiring, and I didn't really know anything but work ethic. And um, in order to create what you want to create, you've just got to work really hard. And so I feel super blessed because from such a young age, I just knew that I was, I was put on this earth to be something, you know, wonderful. I never really gave myself the option to be an employee. Um, and, you know, the greatest advice that my mom and dad would always say is like, if you just do what you are passionate about, you will always be successful. You've just got to do what you love. So I never had that pressure of going to uni or 
you know, going into the stereotypical, you know, um, doctor or lawyer sort of position. It was just like, you know what, follow your passion. And I was super creative. Like I didn't overly like school. Um, you know, if I, if I learn, even now, if I'm learning something that I'm really interested in, I absorb it so quickly. Um, but I almost had, you know, this ADHD behavior when it came to school because I just couldn't focus because I wasn't interested in, you know, algebra and, and you know, um, writing essays and all of the exams that happened throughout high school. It was just boring for me. So I was always more of a creative and when I was 15, um, I decided to start a school-based um, apprenticeship as a hairdresser. And I fell in love with hairdressing. I absolutely loved it. So at the end of grade 11, I left school, uh, finished school early, and I, I started a full-time apprenticeship as a hairdresser. Um, I was qualified really quickly. Like everything that I do in life, I fast track it and get it done. And um, I opened a business when I was 18 years old. So that was my, my hair salon that I, I opened. And, you know, it's really interesting. I even reflect now, I'm like, how did I have that level of belief? Mum and dad always used to say to me, like, how are you going to get clients? And I was like, I don't know. They're just going to come because I know I'm really good at what I do. And I know that I offer amazing service. And I know that they're going to come back to me because I'm going to impress them. And, you know, sure enough, I built a really successful salon. Um, and it was beautiful, like from chandeliers in the foyer to, um, you know, Villaroy and Bosch, you know, cups and sauces. Um, I served champagne and cheese platters. And yes, I was more expensive than anyone else in, in the area. Um, but I, I really had this eye for detail and seeing things from the customer perspective, like just going above and beyond um, for the customer to not only give them a great service, but to give them the entirety of an experience. Um, so throughout that process, when I was 17, I met my, my ex-husband um, and we were married by the time I was 21. You know, I, I really feel like I was ahead of, ahead of my years. Um, and I, I kind of, you know, I reflect now and I don't think I really went through that normal sort of like partying stage, you know, go out and travel and find yourself. I was like married, business, daughter, you know, adult. I literally went overnight. It was like from teenager to adult. Um, and, you know, that was some work that I had to do throughout my, my growth process as well. It's like, okay, how do I go back and find that playfulness and that fun? Um, so we were married when I was 21. I had my beautiful baby girl just before I turned 23. Um, and, you know, so I was only 22 years old and she was, oh my gosh, she turns nine today. It's her birthday. So wow. um, she was just the greatest gift that I ever experienced. And, you know, when I was, when I was really young, there was um, a huge level of naivety and my ex-husband, you know, he's an amazing person and an amazing father. And we actually have a really great relationship, but he was involved in a whole world that really wasn't familiar to me. And I think I chose to like a criminal world. Um, and I chose to really uh, turn a blind eye to a lot of the stuff that was going on or condone it in some way. And it was simply from a place of, I think maybe him being five years older than me, there was almost like this admiration and this safety that I felt. Um, and I never really had the opportunity because I was so young when we met, I never had the opportunity to find myself, find my beliefs, um, understand what was wrong and right for me. I kind of was at this very moldable stage where I just fell into this life as opposed to 
chose it. And here's the thing though. I believe that we're always choosing whether we're settling and we're falling into something or we're changing and we're making the hard decisions. We're still choosing it. And what I chose was to settle and stay safe. And my version of safe probably wasn't safe. Um, so he was involved in a family business and he really wanted to get out. So I used my profits from my hair salon to set him up in a health cafe. And we went on to set up three. I, I set up, um, I, I had the two and set up another one on my own. Um, but he ended up, you know, facing a whole lot of criminal charges and, um, it was the greatest gift. You know, it gave me an experience that I never would have um, experienced otherwise. Um, we ended up having to go through court for three to four years um, and fight these charges. And we ended up spending $300,000 to try to keep him out of prison. Um, and we pretty much used everything that we had worked for in order to do so. And by no means is this a sob story. You know, this is what has driven me and made me the person that I am. Um, but he ended up spending two years in prison. So I had three businesses and um, raised a child on my own and worked 14 hour days. And throughout that process, experienced anxiety and depression and a severe eating disorder and panic attacks and um, adrenal burnout and you name it, I went there. Um, so, you know, through that process, I was working the 14 hour days, you know, going up to a prison every weekend with, with my very young child. Um, and then, you know, straight back into it as soon as I returned. And it was just this whole part of my life that is kind of a blur. You know, it was just, I, I always believe that sometimes we don't actually have the strength to deal with the situation until we're dealt with it. Um, and that's a prime example of it. If someone told me, you know, five years prior that this is what I would have to go through in order to grow into who I am, I would have been like, you're crazy, man. I'm not doing that. Like, I would not be able to deal with any of those circumstances. But when we don't have an option, we just got to do the thing. And we've just got to build a level of resilience and strength and move through to the other side. And um, our relationship, you know, it really dwindled away um, while he was away because I believe that people make mistakes and, you know, the first time you make a mistake, um, it's absolutely and irrelevant of how many mistakes you make. It's always forgivable, but you do have the choice of whether to go back there. Mm. Um, and for me, I feel like when someone chooses not to change um, and to go back and do the same thing, it would be a level of stupidity for me to put myself and my child, you know, back into that situation because once again, you have choice. And so um, our relationship, we separated and um, I sold the three businesses. So we had two when he went away and I opened another one when he was away. So I'd owned and operated four brick and mortar businesses. And I reached this point of absolute rock bottom. And um, I recall this moment that I speak about very often because it was, it was literally the turning point in my life where I had grown so exponentially while he was away. Um, and I had become, you know, fiercely independent and I was a totally different person because I had to grow up really fast. And, you know, when we separated, I was now a single mum and our relationship did get abusive towards the end when, when he was released. And I was a single mum and I walked away from the marriage with zero dollars to my name and I was literally starting from scratch. And I was on government benefits and I was literally struggling to put food on the table. And I reached this point where I was physically, literally in fetal position on the floor. 
and I was curled up in a ball and my mum was there and I said, I just don't know how I can keep going. Like, what more do I have to take? Like, this is exhausting emotionally, physically, mentally. I can't keep going another day. And she looked at me and she said, get up. And inside I was like, I was crying and I was a mess, but I was like, hang on, like, give me a break, man. I just want to be in victim mentality for a second. Like, I want to be at the effect of my life. I don't want to take responsibility right now. And she said, get up, Krista. God only gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers. And from the moment that you were born, I knew that you would be something great. And this journey that you have experienced is allowing you to step into your greatness and build a level of resilience that you would never have built otherwise. So get up. And from that moment forward, it was in that moment that I went, right, if I've created my life up until this point, through my settling, through my staying comfortable, through the familiarity, through what I perceived as safety, which really wasn't safety, how can I recreate it moving forward? And what is it that I truly want to be in this lifetime? And what I reflected on because, you know, I was at the stage where I was so identified by being a business owner. I was so identified by being, you know, the, the person that owned these cafes or the person that owned the salon or the person that was always successful and had heaps of money. And I was like, yeah, but it's so much more than that because I've had all of that and it didn't make me happy. So yes, I'm going to go out there and build another business and I can do that standing on my head. I've done it four times over, but what is it that truly lights me up? So I reflected on everything that was really at the essence of what I'd created in the past, you know, from the hair salon to the cafes. And I understood that what was at the essence was my deep desire to help people. And, you know, whether it was helping people in an aesthetic way, whether it was, you know, everyone knows that hairdressers are a counsellor without a degree, um, whether it was just making someone feel better by creating this safe space for them to speak to someone even in the cafes, you know, they were health cafes. So I specialized in, you know, paleo food. And it was really just, you know, giving people the, the nourishing foods to, to fill their vessel, um, to be that smiling face every morning when they come in and get the coffee to, you know, brighten their day in some way. And being in the middle of Brisbane city as well, it was very like fast paced. And, you know, for me, I just wanted to be that shining light in the middle of this dark city so that people could just start their day in a different way. And so I was like, right, okay, so if it's about helping people, what do I want to help people with? So I went and I started studying nutrition um, and I did my NLP masters and I delved into somatic release work and I delved into breath work and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to fill my mind with as much knowledge and wisdom as I possibly can to figure out like how I can help people in the best way. So when I stepped into the coaching space, I knew that I was always going to head in the direction of being a really unconventional business coach. But I knew that from a integrity standpoint, you know, authenticity, transparency, integrity, excellence, these are some of my highest values. And I didn't feel completely in integrity stepping into the online space, being this business coach when I hadn't created success in the online space. Yes, I'd have four brick and mortar businesses, but I felt like I had to do it again in order to be really in integrity with that. So I stepped in and I was really in the nutritional and mindset space and I created huge success there. Um, and then I shifted, I pivoted into, into business coaching. And, you know, I believe that success in business is so much more than just, you know, creating the scale and creating the income. Yes, I can do that easily, but it's about the quality of your relationships, the quality of your life, the way that you nourish yourself, your mental clarity, your energy, like success is an all encompassing approach to your life. And that's what I do now. And, you know, I've got clients all 
around the world in all different businesses. And I get to do that every single day. Wow. <laughs> that is freaking amazing. There's so many things that are going through my mind. Um, but I did not want to interrupt your flow. That was, that was really, really cool. The first thing I was yeah. thinking about is, you know, when you're faced with, you, you kept mentioning you had the choice, you have the choice. Yeah. And how do you know, how do you know that the choice you're making is the right choice to make? You don't, you never know, but it wouldn't have happened the way that it did. Uh, no, the way that it is, is putting you in the right direction because why that's how it's supposed to be. Right? Like you never know. And I think so many people are sitting at that crossroad and they're going, what do I make? Like, what choice do I make? Which direction do I travel? And you're never going to know the right answer, but the way that it happened is the way that it's meant to be. And I just knew, and, and one piece that, and we always have the choice. We always have the choice and we're choosing in every moment, whether we're choosing ourselves in our highest version or whether we're cho choosing ourselves in our most disempowered version, we're still choosing. And the moment that I decided to walk away from a very long-term relationship, all that I'd ever known, I literally sat on the beach one day and I was like, okay, it's familiar. Yes, it feels safe. Yes, it feels comfortable. What's my life going to look like? And it was going to be on repeat. It was going to be, you know, jail visits. It was going to be a mediocre version of me. It was going to be a lot less than what I knew I truly was. And then I looked in the other direction and I was like, okay, so what if I leave? That's really scary. And that's really unknown. And I don't in fact know what's going to happen there. I don't know. But I know that from that moment I can actually create it as opposed to being at the decision of someone else who is creating an effect in my life. Because it's not my responsibility to change that person. That's theirs. What is my responsibility is whether I choose to stay there. Mm. So I think that, you know, instead of thinking about making the right decision, just make a decision and learn from it. That's huge, you know, because especially in that position, when it comes to relationships, when there's kids involved and everything, there's, you see it happen all the time, right? How many people are staying, staying in relationships, staying in businesses, staying in jobs, staying in so many things that they knew, they know truly aren't serving them. And I think, the thing that people think that they're actually avoiding making a decision by making no decision, which is actually exactly. still making a decision. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're sticking exactly where they are, you know, and, but, and then because you, when you were just saying like you're looking at the more so the hard road, I, I think each, like it's going to be hard, you know, it could have been hard to stay where you are. Right. But it's also gonna be hard to, you know, leave him and go and create something else you want. But I think yeah. why people kind of sometimes stay where they are is because the hard decision to change it and make the choice to go for something different, it's you're facing the hard now. Where totally. the other way, you're kind of delaying that gratification. Hey, it's like, it's kind of like the hardness is just like dragged out forever instead of just facing like maybe six months of just super, super hard and then the yeah. rest of your life. Um, mm. It's huge, but I think people just face off that all the time and um, but like, cause I, I see that all the time as well. It's like people think they, they do, they do what's easy and then life is hard. But instead of just doing short things that are hard, they're making life easy, you know? So when, you know, when you were kind of along all this journey and everything was happening, how, how did you avoid falling into that, 
the the victim mindset like you've faced like so many things that you have all the reasons in the world to be like poor me lost the business i built all this up and because of the divorce and blah 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 how did you avoid that besides your mom, your superhero mom coming to the rescue? <laughs> Which I could just imagine how much of a boss she is, right? She's <laughs> like, boss. She's badass. <laughs> you know, so, what, what, well, I guess, how do you avoid it? And what's your advice to someone to kind of avoid that victim mentality, especially if they think hardship happens to them more than once, right? Because it does to everyone. But Totally. And here's the piece though, when I was going through that process, I had two managers that were working for me. I found out that they were stealing from me. I had a break-in into my shop and I've arrived there at 3.30 in the morning to notice that all of my money has been taken and there's shit all over the floor in, my, in one of my cafes. I had, you know, fridges break down. I had the air con not working in the middle of summer. I had the business closed for three months because we had a huge power outage. Like it wasn't just what I was dealing with. We had the G20 summit in the middle of Brisbane. So we had health and safety auditors coming into the business literally every second day to make sure everything was above board. Like it was so much more beyond just me working the 14 hour days. Like it was the stress that goes along with life. And not to mention that, you know, at a very young age, my daughter was diagnosed with ADD. So I had a child that was literally out of control and she was probably absorbing all of my energy, you know, all of my stress that I wasn't expressing. She was expressing it for me. Um, And so then I was trying to take the unconventional route to heal her because I understood that, you know, it was something, there was inflammation within her system in some way that was creating this inflammation neurologically. So then I was delving into a whole realm of study to figure out how I could best serve her. Um, so it was like, it was one thing after the other, like I was dealt the cards and I came out the other side and don't get me wrong. There were moments where all I wanted to do was be a victim. And it was like this aha moment when I went, you know what, while I'm giving my power away, like while I am saying, well, it's his fault because I played my role in it, you know, like I I would never want to make my, my ex-husband is an amazing man and he's an amazing father, as I mentioned earlier. And um, we have a great relationship, but I would never want to make him out to be the villain because I played my role in it, you know, and our relationship was, there was more good than there ever was bad. And I played my role in it and I allowed it and I didn't speak up. And while I saw myself in moments of this victim mentality and going, well, you know, it's all your fault. I'm in this situation. You screwed up. And now I am at the repercussion of it, or it's the building's fault, or it's my landlord's fault, or anything that is external from me, I had no power to change it, right? So it was this aha moment that I went, right. So while it's out there, I can't do anything about it. But when I own it and go, I chose it. I chose to stay. I chose to keep the business. I chose to work 14 hour days. I chose to be in that relationship. I I chose to accept that. I chose to get the best, best barristers. I chose to sell my house and use the equity. I chose all of it. And then I could do something about it, right? And I think that that has been the biggest game changer of my life is like so many people are quick to go, oh, well, you know, I've got, even as it correlates to business, oh, I've got this shit team member and, you know, they're not performing and they're not doing their job. You're training them. You're leading the way. Take ownership of it. You either get rid of them or you train them better. You're leading, so lead. And I think that if we use that in every aspect of our life, we then have the responsibility and the power to transform it. Yeah, just radical responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I love how you talk about your ex as well because this is like 
this never thought this would even remotely go to a relationship conversation, but <laughs> I think it, it played such a huge role, right? Because my mentor says to me, like my mentor, he's, he's absolute best friends with his ex-wife. And he's like, sometimes when, when we're together, people ask us, are you, are you sure you're not together still? And he's like, no, we're hundred percent just best friends. And he's like, because like when the relationship ends and like taking hundred percent responsibility, exactly what you were just saying. It's like, yeah. yes, like there's never, it's not just a one way street in relationships, not just one person being a bad person. It's like, cause we're accepting it all. You know, it's, it's just, it's so huge, but we, we choose the ongoing relationship. So what he, what he's taught me, he's like, you can transition love. He's like, it's either you still love them or you did at one time as an intimate partner, you can transition that and love them as a friend and love them as a human and love them for all their good things and all their bad things and all their fuck ups. And, you know, and as soon as you do that, like, holy crap, like just accepting that responsibility over every emotion in your life, the people in your life, you know, and I think so often people think, cause I'm best friends with my ex. We're like super homies and people, when the whole, when the whole breakup happened, people naturally kind of came to me and her and, and they yeah. tend to side, you know, like, Oh, well, don't worry about her. Or, you know, he's a dick anyway. And, and we've both just been like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and just, and I think um, that really comes back to a lot of people, the way that they connect is through trauma bonding. And you'll notice that in relationships and I'll give you some context around tra trauma bonding and everyone that's listening, but you can probably relate to the person that is just like filled with drama. And the only way that you can connect with them is by bitching or whinging. And this is how a lot of people operate. And I see it very evidently when there is um, like a breakup that there is this bombardment of people that are reaching out because they love the drama. They love the trauma because it's the only way they know how to connect. And you'll even see it on social media. I pay attention to, conversation as opposed to content while content's really important i'm always paying attention to the conversation that's happening below the content simply because this is giving me a great indication of the psychology of the consumer and you can see it on social media like when someone actually posts about something that is really like rough that's going on in their life or you know a breakup that they're going through or their you know that their intention might not be to speak from a place of drama or trauma but you know the amount of people that jump in those comments and they are like oh my gosh i hope you're okay and you know they really want to attach to that um so that's something that's you know happens in relationships as well a lot of people's connection in relationship is based on trauma and you know it happens in moments that you know people separate and that's a prime example of like oh yeah he's a dick no she's a bitch because all they want to do is connect with you and the only way they know how to connect is is through trauma bonding wow that i've never heard that and that's now i'm just thinking of so many people i know right now i'm like damn yep. So is yep. that, so, so that's, that's trauma that they haven't dealt with or is that, is that something that will always be there? Do you think, or is that just what they probably, that's the easiest kind of thing to connect with people? It's just that it's so unconscious and a lot yeah. of people, you know, it happens when we're a child and I'm, I'm really aware. I'll give you an example. And this is how it can even develop throughout, um, you know, childhood because we only act and operate from the blueprint or the dynamic that we have been like given as, as a child. Like we're, we're only ever operating from that unless we choose something else consciously. <clears throat> so an example is like I had to put down my 17 year old dog um, a couple of weeks ago and it was super duper sad. And my partner and I took her to the vet and she had renal failure and 
it was a yucky process because I've literally had her since I was 15 years old. Yeah. And um, my daughter was actually at her father's house that weekend, which was really, really, <coughs> excuse me. It was, I'm re- I was really glad for that because I had the opportunity to process my emotions before I told her. And we put the, my beautiful Bella down and my daughter came home on the Monday. And I was really very intentional about the process that I was going to follow because I wasn't going to create a trauma bond with her. Mm. Um, so, you know, number one, I, I wanted to tell her from a place of love. Um, and I understood that, you know, the, the space that I created was, you know, she hopped in the car and I said, baby girl, I've, I've got to tell you something. And I didn't frame in a way of like, it's really sad. Like I wanted to her to figure out whatever emotion needed to come through. And I said, baby girl, you know, I've got to tell you something. And, um, you know, I just want to let you know that whatever you feel is okay. Like, you know, whatever emotion comes up is okay. But while you were at your dad's on the weekend, I have to put Bella down and she howled and she cried and, you know, she was, she was really, really upset about it. And so we went through that process and I said, like, I just held the space. I wasn't telling her it's all right because it doesn't have to be all right. She can be messy and she can feel whatever emotion she wants. But then what I would do is intentionally break her state. So then I would actually, I would um, say something funny to, to break her out of that emotion so that I wasn't giving her, number one, a bad death experience because I believe as a child we're so moldable and the way that we react as a parent with our children, we're actually dictating what experience they're going to carry through to adulthood. Um, so I, w- I was really breaking her state um, through that process. So I'd go, oh, my gosh, do you remember when Bella used to climb that fence and she used to run across the golf course and then she'd come back all muddy, muddy and she would be laughing hysterically and then she'd go back into a bit of sadness. And then I was really aware that I wasn't, you know, sort of touching her because I didn't want to anchor in those emotions either. But then I I made sure that I wasn't creating a trauma bond. So in a lot of these moments when we're faced with sadness and it's simply because the parent, the child, the partner, they don't understand how we work. But what a lot of people do is create a bond around this event. So it's like, oh, yeah, and it's so sad and let's cry together and let's sit in this trauma and let's feel bad for one another. And then this becomes a trauma bond. It's a way of connecting, you know, and I've even seen since Ayana will attempt to do little moments of trauma bonding, my daughter, and she'll even say, mom, I'm just feeling really sad about Bella and I'll just break her state again and go, but we can choose, we can choose to be grateful for the life that she lived. You know, so I'm not, I'm not putting this context around our connection. It remains pure. It's not one of whinging and complaining. Mm. Um, so I think that this is just a simple example of how people only know that way to connect with others. And it's really interesting when you become aware of trauma bonding, you'll, you'll see that with a lot of people in your life, you'll realise that we all do it to some extent, but you'll realise with a lot of people in your life, once you remove the trauma bond and you're trying to connect in a new way, there's actually not much connection. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what if for the people that are listening to this right now and they're sitting there, well, like, well, that's a sad thing. You're allowed to be sad and you shouldn't just pretend like it's nothing or what, what would you kind of say into that? Don't judge the emotions. You know, I provided a space, um, that my daughter could express and I provided a frame that she could express whatever she wanted. You know, sometimes she'll even lay in bed um, and not in, in, in relation to this particular experience, but she'll lay in bed and she'll go, mom, I just feel really upset. And I don't know why. And I just feel like I want to cry. And I'll say, cry. She goes, but I don't have any reason to. And I said, you don't need a reason to 
your mind is trying to consciously tell you and give you permission as to when to turn on and turn off your emotions. And I said, your emotions are nothing but energy in motion. And this is what I explained to her. So when you feel like you're angry, be angry. When you feel like you're sad, cry. When you feel like you want to laugh hysterically and be happy, do that, right? And holding space for emotions to be expressed is very different than going, it's all going to be okay, it's okay. Like, let's create a connection around this sadness, yeah? So it's like, I'm just going to hold this loving energy and baby girl, you express whatever you need to express. You cry, you howl, you moan, you get angry, whatever it is, I'm just going to hold this loving space. And I'm not going to stop you from expressing that, but I'm certainly not going to encourage you to express it to create connection. Yeah. It's such a huge yeah. difference. And it's like, you know, when the emotion comes out and, and me being a guy, like I didn't cry for the first, I'm 27 now. I didn't cry really maybe for like the first like except like being a baby and whatever but like probably until i was like 23 yeah because you know? <clears throat> there's such a stigma around it and 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 all this stuff now and because it's like i think people try to avoid these feelings that they think are good or bad by attaching meaning to it and they suppress it and then yep. they have just this ball of emotion and and you know so i, I totally understand what you're saying it's like if you're feeling like being angry, if you feel like being sad, if you feel like being happy for no freaking reason, there doesn't have to be a reason for it. Just express it, you know, and, and let it happen. Uh, and I, I love that not, not attaching the trauma bonding to it, the connection, because I'm literally thinking right now, and I'm sure everyone listening to this as well, maybe they are one themselves, right? Yep. Or maybe they know people in their life. Um, like I definitely know people that the only way they can connect with me is by, is by needing to bring up something like that. And it's like, and the more I kind of grow in my life, those connections I'm just thinking right now, they're very distant now because it's like, there's, there's no other way for us to kind of, kind of connect there. That's really freaking incredible. Yeah. <clears throat> Chris, I think you're probably like one of the most resilient people I've ever met. Um, where do you think, where do you think that comes from? Or what do you think creates it? Like how do you continue that? Just go, go, go despite all the setbacks and everything. I believe that greatness is to some extent born, but I believe that greatness is actually created by life experience and I didn't have an option, right? Like I could either crumble and then I wasn't able to keep a roof over my family's head or I could either just keep going. And I don't think that you know what you're made of until you're dealt those cards, right? And people talk to me about, oh, yeah, but I don't want to do the Facebook live video. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that fear is so irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that it's contextual. Like, here's the thing. We are so privileged. We live in the most amazing privileged uh, country and we have opportunities at our fingertips and we can literally have, be and do anything that we want in this lifetime. And there are people in the world that don't have any of it. And I always made reference to anything that I experienced, you know, even throughout everything that I was going through, I always had a smile on my face and a level of gratitude because I thought, you know what? My grandmother always used to say, if you're to sit in a circle and throw your problems to the center of the circle, you'll always take back out your own. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm going through some shit, but it's nothing that I can't handle. And I think that it's once again, all the meaning and the perspective that we get to choose. So I think if we're going through life and we're telling ourselves, this is hard, this is traumatic, I'm this, I'm that, I can't deal with this. Well, of course, we're not going to be able to deal with it. But I just chose to be grateful and have a perspective of 
you know, this is happening for me, not all the time, but majority of the time I just chose that. And I know that I will never be given anything that I can't handle. And that's really scary. Like, even as I say that, I'm, I'm just like, oh, all right. Okay, Krista. But, you know, I, I, truly, I truly believe that as human beings, we're, we're only given what we can handle. And it's through those moments that we develop the resilience. You know, so problems that I have now or problems that I have in the future, um, you know, it just seems to become even with business stress, you know, um, if, if I was to go through a phase where I had some stress in business or a team member, a value team member left, or, you know, even at the beginning of COVID, I had to do huge pivots and go from events to delivering via digital broadcast. I've been through so much more than that. That's easy, right? So I just think it's all a, all a matter of perspective. And I think that resilience only gets proven to you when you dealt those cards. Mm. I love that, you know, and it's almost so, and I think the, the more bold the person is, the bolder your vision is, the more resilience you have to build yeah. because I've noticed times where, Absolutely. you know, if, if you could choose the easy route in life and get that job and, you know, keep things mediocre, you know, that's kind of just going to keep being normal. But I remember the time when I decided like, I'm going to go really hard at this. I want to create my dreams. And, you know, I kept having, some would call them setbacks or challenges, but I would just look at them as like, you know, tests because, yep. you know, some people are so, you know, universe, God or whatever. I actually believe that same as you, I think everything's always happening for us and it's just always perfect the way it is. So I embrace everything. And if it's a really challenging thing, I just look at it and I'm like, cause it's there anyway. Like yeah. the challenge is there regardless. And I can choose to either be like, sweet, a challenge, a chance to grow, or it's a time yeah. for me to kind of retreat and be like, Oh, you know? And, and I always just look at it. It's like this obstacle is either put here for us, as a as a as like a block to say that's not the right direction or yeah. it's there testing us to see how badly we freaking want it you know because if everything in life that we wanted was so freaking easy how boring would it be imagine if you just got every single how boring <laughs> imagine if you we wouldn't everything. appreciate it right right it's like it's all about the journey and 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 doing all that what what was the quote your mom said to you again she said get up and what did she say God only gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers. And I think that's like the biggest piece. I actually posted it the other day and everyone loved it. Um, but it was, you know, I, I reflect on that at multiple times throughout my life. And I think you're exactly right. Where either, and I think that even the other day, you know, we had a day where it was just sort of hurdle after hurdle after hurdle and it just wasn't flowing. And I was like, perfect. I think I'm being divinely protected and I'm not meant to do that today. All right. I hear you. I listen. But then I think also, and I think this is really relevant, I can use relationships as, as an example for this as well. And I love how this has just gone into relationships, but it's a really <laughs> important part of business yeah, as well, you know, it is, like 100%. the dynamics. Um, and the way that we relate is the way that we can do business effectively or ineffectively. And like everything's um, touching everything though. That's what I've noticed. It's like how you show up in your, like, hey, show up, hey, do one thing, say do everything. And, absolutely. you know, like we, we had, uh, last week we had a, a sex therapist come on the show and we're talking all about sex and stuff. And I'm like, it's yeah. funny because the two things, the two main things that people don't like want to talk about in life mostly are money and sex. That's why they have yep. really shit sex and they're broke, you know, but it's because yep. it's everything's touching everything. So if, how you do your relationship is how you do your business. How you do your business is how you do you know, your, your children's life and your lifestyle and everything, right? So no, let's do it. <laughs>
Yeah, I love it. But I think that's like, that was something that I understood in relationships was like, and I think so many people can probably relate to when you are like calling in that partner, you know, you've set the intention, you know, that partner's out there for you. But what I find and what I found in my experience is after I left my ex-husband, I really just created a huge amount of space. I didn't want any distraction. I didn't want to date anyone. Um, I didn't want to really talk unnecessarily to, to men to fill in that void or get that hit of dopamine with the validation and significance. I just wanted to find that within myself. So I removed all of that. And then I got to this place where I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to meet this person. Um, and I realized that what sometimes happens is, no, what happens all the time is we can set this and it happens in business. It happens in all aspects of life. How you do one thing is how you do all things. But you set this, this what you want to experience, this goal, this vision, you set that up in your mind. And then what the universe or God or source throws at you is every test to see if you're truly committed to that. And it happens in relationships, right? It's like, well, this is what I want to experience in a relationship. And, you know, the, their, their values align and, and they're loyal and they're honest and they're a great communicator and, and we write down however much detail we, we, we want. And then next minute there's someone that pops into our life and, and they're narcissistic, <laughs> you know, just to see, just to see yeah. if we are going to give into that temptation. Right. And, you know, the partner that I have now is in the same industry as me. And, you know, we have the most loving, powerful connection. And I put that down to the fact that I didn't settle, you know, that I didn't give into those temptations. I knew what I wanted and I knew that that person was there and I wasn't going to give into anything that wasn't that. Um, and it's no different to business. You know, so many people set this vision for business and then they're given, you know, the opportunity to collaborate or do a JV or, or you know, enter into this company or, or invest over here. And they give into all of these temptations as opposed to just having that tunnel vision. I'm like, nope, that's the thing. And all of this is irrelevant. I'm going to draw a line between where I am now and where I'm going to be. And I'm not stopping until I achieve it. Mm. And it's just about yeah. having that, that consciousness, that awareness to know what a distraction is and what is a test. Totally, absolutely. And, and that's exactly what it is because I, you know, I've been, I've been distracted by so many things along the way, you know, yep. and I still do get distracted by so many things. And it's just, you know, I just always just rule it out to be like, is this in my highest vision? Like, is this in my ten-year vision? Is this going to somehow get me closer? Is it part of it? If yes, it's a challenge. If not, it's a distraction. <laughs> I yep. get rid of it. Do you think when you are coaching people in businesses and stuff? What do you think is the main thing most people kind of get wrong? Is it the mechanics of business or is it their attitude, mindset, self-development kind of part of it? Both. Depending on the business. I, I work with like brick and mortar businesses. I've got clients that are psychologists, you know, in IT, network marketing. Um, I would say probably about 70% of my clients are coaches, mentors, healers. And what I find is that a lot of people in that space are definitely um, about the contribution, you know, they're wanting to change. They've usually had a journey of some, you know, to some extent, and they're really wanting to take all of that and put it into, you know, a business where they can, they can change the world in some way, shape or form. And what I find in that, because a lot of my clients are already very evolved and very conscious, um, around the personal development realm it's really a matter of the mechanics and the strategy and the structure. They've got this medicine that they have to give, but they just don't know how to give it effectively. Yeah. Uh, but then on the opposite end of the scale, like, you know, there are so many people that have created a, a level of success that I work with that are just completely unfulfilled. 
you know, and they, they're thinking that scaling to the next level and while I can take them to the next level, that that's going to be the magic pill. And it's like, hang on, let's rewind. Let's actually figure out what's happening in here. And then you're going to go there effortlessly. Yeah. And I feel we could probably do an entire episode just on that, right? Because that's, that's like the, you know, and you see it, you'd probably see it all the freaking time, right? It's like people just crashing this journey, chasing the wrong thing, chasing the wrong golden carrot, then they get it and they're like, oh, this is shit. You know, instead yep. of being like, you know, that, that's the thing that I've I massively realized that a lot this year. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty present. I enjoy a pretty good life, but you know, I've definitely, I felt like I kind of got tipped off. If there's like a balance beam, I was off the balance beam quite a bit at the start of this year. And I've like really focused on coming back and doing, you know, what, what is my ideal day? And am I doing that daily? You know? And so like one thing I've started doing this year is actually giving myself two days off a week. Love I don't, I don't know what a day off is. I don't, it doesn't exist in my vocabulary, but my coach challenged yeah. me. He's like, take two days off a week, guilt free, go play golf, go dive, go do whatever you want. And, uh, um, and since I've been doing that, cause I, I was attached to the whole, well, I have to work, 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 work. But it's like, I was attacking all my work from this kind of stale energy. Cause I'll, you know, my funness was put on hold, you know, and funds right. a high value of mine. So because I started doing all this fun and having a lot more fun, my work, my income, everything's just up because yeah. I'm attacking everything with a whole different energy. So it's, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but Chris, this has been so that. freaking amazing. I love you yeah. so much. I appreciate you. I bet every single person on this call has just gotten so much freaking value from this. Um, we'll, def- we'll have to do it at, at a number two sometime. This has been amazing. But where, where can everybody find you on social media? Um, I'm on all platforms, uh, Instagram, Krista underscore Tia, Facebook, Krista Tia. I'm on LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, um, I've, my website, kristatia.com. Um, yeah, I'm everywhere. So hit me up, send me a message. I'd love to connect. I love it. Yeah. And you guys definitely have to go and jump on all of her socials. She, like I said, at the start, just absolute fire, pure value. Um, I, lo- I love it. Awesome, Krista. So to wrap this up, I'm going to ask you one last question. Are you yeah. ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right, that was the question. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> okay. So if you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give her yeah. 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? Oh, that's a big one. Um, I would say to her, Remember who you are and remember what you were born to do in this world. Remember that you have choice in every single moment and you can choose whatever you desire. You have to serve yourself first and then serve others from the overflow because you're not good to anyone unless you come first. And anything that you dream to be, do and have in this lifetime is already yours you've just got to trust the process and surrender to the magic that resides within you thank you so much for listening guys if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful then please send them my way i'd absolutely love to have them on the show as zig ziglar says if you help enough people get what they want in life you'll have everything you want so that's why each month i'm choosing one lucky person who has left a review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw 
to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.